you know, know what you want and also take the, a little bit of the extra effort to write a professional um, because, um, you know, writing a line on Instagram when you're maybe on the John might not be the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people are looking at Instagram when they're on the toilet. So, <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to the Art Department Podcast, episode 39 with Emmanuel Shu, um, myself Jan Oschel, and this week's guest is Brian Matthias, and he's a concept designer who has worked on a variety of Hollywood uh, productions, including a lot of Star Wars properties. And uh, today and for this week, he's here with us in our imaginary studio, and he's going to share a lot of about what it takes to be a concept designer in this very cutthroat industry. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it to Brian. And why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction of um, yeah, where you came from and um, how you managed to do what you're doing right now? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me. Um, I really enjoyed this show that you put on. Um, really interesting topics and guests, and I'm humbled that you asked me on. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Of course. Um, yeah, I guess um, a little bit of my backstory. Um, I, I mean, I can go as far back as when I was a kid. I always loved to draw <laughs> and uh, go into that as much as you want. But uh, I, I went to the, the interesting thing is I went to a magnet middle high school and uh, magnet programs are I, I grew up in North Carolina. And, and magnet schools are, are somewhat commonplace in the South. Um, it's not exactly a charter school or a private school. It um, had um, visual and performing arts. And, um, and this specific thing was offered to students outside of your school, of your you know, neighborhood or your, you know, your district of where you grow up. So you can apply to these schools. So um, I applied there with a, with a portfolio from the fifth grade. So I had some art and uh, I got in and um, that's kind of where I started, you know, my journey really as a visual artist. Um, and uh, from there, I went to Columbus College of Art and Design and that was in Ohio. And uh, I uh, studied illustration there. Uh, very old school at the time. I think they were just starting to accept uh, digital as a as an, a viable tool for for what we do. Um, it was still editorial illustration. That was the you know the meat of of uh, what what they taught there. So we had to. <laughs> I had a small group of friends that also like concept art through the conceptart.org forums and. Uh, and we would kind of modify our school assignments to kind of fit what we want to do in the portfolio that we wanted to have when we would graduate, um, which was not at the liking of a lot of, uh, of the instructors, our dean of illustration. Um, I think he had a, a bit of a, of a hard time with that because I still remember I did a portrait where um, I put myself uh, historically, you know, maybe in the 16th or 17th century, decapitating <laughs> one of my friends. <laughs> and my teacher's like, what does this mean? I'm like, it doesn't really mean anything. I just wanted to, you know, paint it, uh, you know, trying to adapt that in, in a way that uh, could maybe, you know, get me a job later. Um, he didn't understand it. <laughs> but, uh, when I graduated, um, I had a really eclectic portfolio because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into games or even toys. I, I really liked doing sculpture at the time. I did um, like a lot of maquettes out of Sculpey and stuff like that. And um, and I I had a kind of a hodgepodge of different stuff. And um, I had uh, some offers, which was interesting. I had an offer from Hasbro and, and some game studios. And then um, I, I was interested in getting to the film industry, but it was really hard to get your foot in the door. I didn't really know anybody too well anyways that um, was working in the film industry. And uh, I... I decided to apply to ILM for a PA position, and um, and one of my instructors knew um, a map painter called Mark Sullivan. I don't know if you guys know Mark Sullivan, but he worked 
for Doug um, at Ice Blink, and I think he did some stuff on A Christmas Carol. Um, but uh, he came to our school, and he looked at my work, and uh, he was like, that's cool stuff, you know, but I was like, it would be nice if uh, <laughs> I could, you know, maybe get into the industry in some way. So he put me in touch with Doug Chang, and uh, Doug Chang wrote me an email essentially saying that there was a PA position that was open. And at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, so I flew out to California and uh, I looked at ILM and then in, in Image Movers and um, and decided to take that job, which was probably the most risky. My parents didn't really understand why I was taking a job for minimum wage in California. It was really hard to find a place to live for minimum wage in Marin County, but I found this little, you know, it was like a shoebox apartment on makeshift um, houses that were uh, near this ferry building. And uh, I took a place there and, um, and I just kind of wanted to learn, still learn, because when I graduated, it was nice that you know, I had job offers and things, you know, where, you know, I could be employed, but I always knew in the back of my mind, I didn't know anything really. I was still a student and, um, and I was very intimidated about, you know, taking that next step forward into, into the real world, essentially. So, um, so the PA position was great for me. Um, and, uh, it was essentially a, a glorified coffee getter for the first, I would say, six months. Wow. Uh, got lunch and coffee for, for Doug and, you know, made sure the costumes were well fitted <laughs> in the art department. Um, printer ink and all that was full. Um, but really, I was there to bug the other artists. I worked with Emmanuel there, uh, go by his office, and, uh, and Dermot Power was there, and... Um, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Image Movers because I really was a huge fan of his work. I really liked his efficiency with communicating visually. And um, I took it out almost as a, uh, you know, I want to be your your mentee, but really just, you know, kind of bugged him. And he, you know, humored me when uh, I was standing behind him as he worked um, and, and essentially learned better practice that way by bugging bugging professionals essentially in, in real time in a studio. Um, and that really helped a lot because, um, my entire, you know, visual eye and way of communicating changed after that point. Um, and after image movers, um, I did some freelance. So I worked on some, some movies, uh, uh, paradise lost, which then came, became gauze of Egypt, which I think you worked on Emmanuel. And um, Jack the Giant Slayer, just a bunch of different random odds and ends. And then things dried up for a few months. And I, I got a little nervous because uh, that's the first time where I was unemployed for a bit. And uh, and I wasn't sure what to do at that point. If I should start looking outside of California at different, you know, at different companies um, or what. Um, and then I got an opportunity to work for Kabam, which is a small social games company. And, um, and that really changed, that, that was a different environment. It was a lot of illustrators, a lot of artists worked there that worked on Magic the Gathering and, um, and a really talented bunch of artists. The biggest art department I've ever worked in, um, and I would say there's two dozen artists, 2D artists at one point, which was pretty cool. And, um, and I knew that that company wasn't gonna last because they spent money. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe on on us on on employees they flew us out to out to vegas and to tahoe and just spent a ton of money and i really never understood it because the games were the early phone games where they weren't very interesting <laughs> at least to me um but but the art they really did honor and value art that that we did which was cool um and I took a lot of that illustration, you know, that um, that love for art being art with me, you know, moving forward. Um, and after that, I, I worked for more game companies, uh, Telltale Games, um, 
and uh, also for the new Bioshock. So, um, you know, fast forward now, um, I was working at Telltale and uh, I got an opportunity to start working for Lucasfilm on on the uh, on the parks for Galaxy's Edge. That's uh, kind of my first opportunity with them. And um, I was doing characters for the parks that at that time they really wanted a very aspirational idea for what galaxy's edge could be and what that planet could be um and uh they had some amazing ideas i really hope uh make it into the actual theme park at some point but um i i did a lot of costumes for that and for the hotel that's coming out um i guess once the the pandemic you know cools off a bit and um and then after that, I was getting enough work that I decided to quit Telltale, and um, I split my time between working on the new Bioshock and for Lucasfilm on The Mandalorian. And uh, and it was about six-day weeks. So it was pretty brutal uh, because uh, the three days, I did three days with Bioshock, three days with Lucasfilm, and, um, and The Mandalorian was pretty intense. Uh, they really wanted a lot in those three days, and it got to a point where Doug asked me to go full time and I left, uh, I left Bioshock to then, um, be essentially the only actually, you know, um, focused character guy for, for that project. And, um, and since then it's, um, been a lot of, <laughs> a lot more Lucasfilm projects and a lot of cool stuff that I can't talk about yet. <laughs> Are you on it full? Are you like an employee at Lucasfilm or, or uh, freelancing? Or yeah, I'm technically contract, but um, mm. I've signed contracts for the length of the projects, which is which is cool. So right now I'm I'm juggling between a few. Oh, cool! Well, so you you're at Lucasfilm now, uh, full time, basically five days a week, right? Right. Yeah. 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 You're not splitting your time. Um, even if you were, you probably can't say. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but, you know, no, uh, how does it feel to, I mean, you know, there was a, a time, I mean, you started with Doug, you left and then, you know, you kind of took a little hiatus and you did a whole bunch of other things. How does it feel to be back with Doug? Yeah, like circle. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how's that feeling? Is it good? You know, because now I remember that when you were at IMD, you're up and coming and 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 there were you know we used to go to lunch all the time and you know just talk about stuff uh but you know i i know that at that time you were trying to sort of solidify and get your you know your style and just everything you wanted to do in design um how does it feel now that uh you come back doug's obviously you know he, he sees you know something in you um, that he wants to hire you back full time, and you're the only character guy. Is, is that like a real, you know, was that really different? Uh, how did it feel? Um, it's 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 interesting because when at the time I, I don't think of, about it like that. It's sort of another opportunity, and um, and a and someone I've worked with that I have a good rapport with, and um, like genuinely like working with um i i didn't know what i was getting into initially i i didn't know like the resonance of what i would be creating at the time when i was starting and i think that was a good thing because you know it's sort of like when you have the realization that um what you're working on is going to be translated um that that can be intimidating. And I think the, there's a progression of, of that realization through, through me working there. Um, where uh, once I did, I, I think it was interesting because when the, I got the first panic attack that I can remember um, having, and it's a weird one, is uh, I, was, I was in Hawaii and this was after I worked on season one of the Mandalorian and they were at, I think it was Star Wars Celebration when they had the actors come out on stage and um, it was accompanied by my work. I had no idea it was gonna be projected like 20 feet tall to accompany the, you know, the actors out there. Um, 
that was when I was, that was a realization that I didn't quite like understand until that moment, because up to that point for me as a concept artist, I would always do work that would inspire or was just kind of cool art. But if it got translated, that's great. If it became a, you know, game character or an animated, you know, an animated character or even an actor in a costume, I mean, that'd be great, but I've never had that experience really before. And when, when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, this is like real. (laughs) And then, and then there's all these eyeballs on my work. And to me that, you know, my wife is like, isn't that great? I'm like, yeah, that's great. (laughs) To me, it was the, it was an interesting feeling. It was great. But at the same time, it was, it was real. And, um, and the, the work I'm doing is going to be seen by a lot of people. And it is, it is going to help with the costumes be realized and the costume designers, the armory departments, all of those components are coming together and people are going to see that. That was the first realization of that moment. And it was initially kind of an anxiety attack, which was really interesting. Um, but, but, but that was kind of like a, a moment in my life where I had it and then I, I accepted it and I kind of moved past it, grew past it. And, um, and it's not saying that I haven't had, you know, you know, anxiety and stuff since then, because I think that's something that a lot of artists can, you know, really relate to um, that, you know, we're all very harsh critics of our work. Um, and uh, and also we want to put out work that we are proud of that we you know, want other people to see and also enjoy um, that. um you can you can put a lot of pressure on yourself, and I'm one of those artists that I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to deliver because Star Wars is a good example of something with a with a fan base all already built in. There's already an expectation, and um, there's 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 a love there that you want to be respectful of, and um, and for me as a fan, I've been a fan of Star ever since I was little playing with action figures and taking a little, you know, disposable camera and, you know, <laughs> going to Walgreens to develop my little film frames. Uh, I've, I've loved it. And, and now that I'm contributing to the universe, it's, it's a very surreal feeling. Um, I mean, yeah. you've, you've been, uh, 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 you know, doing star Wars for a while now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I I guess you were the last person I would think would, would, you know, even now start having sort of anxiety, which is, is very interesting to me because um, I think a lot of people, it doesn't matter how seasoned you are or how you know young you are, because I'm sure you had a different kind of anxiety when you started at like at IMD, you know, as, as a PA, you had a different kind of anxiety. But uh, so now, even now, uh, would you say that it's, you know, do, do you have any do you just kind of go with it when you you know kind of start feeling like oh man is it like kind of like an imposter syndrome kind of anxiety or is it like i'm not you know doing good enough work or is it just in general like oh my god everybody's seeing this um it's freaking me out you know like is it more like that or i think it's evolved um mm. because i i didn't know what anxiety was until i actually worked at imd and i remember the, the first time I had a panic attack, I actually drove myself to the ER because oh, it was, uh, I think it was Memorial Day weekend and I was asked to stay. I had plans and I was asked to stay to um, work on, uh, you remember Christmas Carol? They had um, the John Leach style watercolor pen and inks at the beginning and the end of the movie. Well, I did those and the last frame they changed. So I already did the art and it was, uh, on a frame that they decided to tweak a bit. So I think mm-hmm. they extended the walk cycle of, uh, I, it was uh, Scrooge and, um, and I had to change it. So, um, I had to work that Saturday. So I kind of postponed my plans, uh, because I was going to drive South, I believe. Um, so, uh, I, 
was like, okay, I'll come in Saturday morning and, um, you know, like who's, who's going to give me, you know, the, the frame to work off of and, and everything was supposed to be ready to go for me. Um, I think it was around noon and it wasn't. So, uh, the, the person that was supposed to, uh, send me that frame didn't come in until I think it was like five or six PM that day. So I waited at the office for about five or six hours to get the frame to then start the work. So by that time, it was already an evening on a Saturday on that holiday weekend. And uh, I was just trying to crank to get that done because I wanted to get done as quickly as I could, which was, I think, at midnight, maybe a little after midnight, I, I finished. And uh, I think I wasn't doing proper breathing um, because I was just rushing. So when I left the building and I got hit with the, you know, the cold fog air, I think it just like made my heart start racing and it freaked me out. I thought I was having a heart attack. So I drove to the ER and, uh, that was interesting because, uh, they, they had me all, you know, they hooked, hooked me up to an EKG and, you know, they just told me it was a panic attack. And I didn't know what that was. I always thought it was just someone hyperventilating in a paper bag. I mean, I had a very sort of <laughs> childish idea of what that was. Um, and it, it's interesting because once, like, I mean, at least for me, once you understand what it is, it deflates the severity of it. So at that time, it was, you know, just like biological i think i just wasn't breathing well and it freaked me out once i was starting to have actual symptoms that were a little strange but um but i have had mild anxiety i think throughout my art career and it has been imposter syndrome and it has evolved as a professional to just you know having work being seen on a on a larger scale um that I, I never really expected. And um, that has been an amazing experience. I mean, I'm, I'm really humbled. I've, you know, there's so many Star Wars fans that I've met, you know, online that um, are just really amazing, like, you know, beautiful people. Um, so it's, it's not anything really negative. It's just, I think, the pressure I put on myself to, you know, deliver cool characters I, I think like for me when i design i want these characters my test is do i want a toy of that and if the answer is no it's not successful at least for me so mm. um yeah because i think that's also i think you know all you know to rewind back to when i was even considering going into toys as a sculptor i think this is that weird rare opportunity where some of the things i can draw can then become toys. Um, so even if I'm not sculpting and contributing directly to that industry, I, I kind of can do that now, which is um, which is a, a, a rare opportunity. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Oh. but it adds to it adds to that pressure too. I think as well. Yeah, I mean, I I always think. Um... I mean, Yonder, I, I don't want to just keep asking no, questions. No, I, I, have, you I have, have something, something related to Star Wars, but maybe if you want to, if you have something. Well, no, I, I, yeah, I, I just kept thinking um, that it, we haven't talked in a while, but whenever I see you post on Instagram, I'm, I think to myself, because I've been getting to, uh, more into character stuff myself, but it's just for personal um, stuff. I'm just learning, you know, character work. But... I'm like, I, um, it must be a lot of pressure to try to come up with, you know, something that you, you, you know, for me would be like, well, there's, you know, how many different ways can I do that, you know, helmet or do the, the you know, and I, I just think to myself, oh my God, that would, it would be so much pressure and anxiety if, if I had to do it because in environments, you know, it's totally different building, right? It's, you know, totally different language. Um, and for me, I was like, wow, that, wow, that must be quite difficult. Um, and, but I, I do also realize that you're working with Doug, which, you know, he is pretty mellow that way. Uh, but I also know the pace and stuff like that also 
Um, do you think the pace and the fact that, uh, you know, you said that people are seeing it, like a lot more people are seeing this, is that what's, does the pace ever um, give you anxiety? I guess it's the question, like the, the, you know, the speed of which you have to do work. And, you know, maybe sometimes, like I know for myself, sometimes it goes great. And I, I, I come up with some great ideas in the six hours, eight hours. Sometimes I don't, then I'm working 12 hours, 14 hours on my own time to get those ideas. Does that ever stress you out? Does that ever happen to you? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's just natural. I, I think, um, you know, we're all, we're all humans. We're, I mean, as much as I would like to be, uh, you know, more of a machine, it's, it's very difficult to constantly hit, you know, those aces every single time. It's just, you can't do it. Um, and some, I mean, and there's, you know, other things like I've really, you know, you've had a discussion about burnout and I completely relate to that. Um, it's when you are cranking hard, I think that's just a natural, you know, phase for any human that you need to just kind of step away. Um, and I, I also think about like just your physiology, like if you go super hard like that, something's going to break eventually. So I do try and take breaks. Um, and obviously I'm expanding on your question a bit, but like I'm, I'm trying to be better because there was a a period of time where work was so stressful that I was letting everything else go and I was just cranking on the work and I would finish and then just hit, hit, you know, go to bed. Um, and then, you know, and then in the mornings have like kind of a slow wake up. I'm not a morning person, but you know, it'd take me a while to like re, you know, restart, you know, you know, flip the switch and go again the next day sometimes. And now I'm trying better practice. I built a climbing wall in my backyard, a bouldering wall, because I wasn't getting exercise. And with the pandemic, I can't go to a climbing gym. So I decided to build one, which uh, <laughs> has been a fun side project. And I think hobbies are very important, you know, something that's very therapeutic that you can step away from your computer and do something else is, is really a, a positive for me anyways, because when, when you are getting burnout or things are getting frustrated and you're not nailing it, you, you need, you need to do something else or you need to step away from it and then come back. But it's really hard to do that sometimes to step away from it, you know, like the next day. Cause that's what I used to do. If something wasn't working, I would just go to bed and then I would wake up and I would see the image differently. But when I have to turn in something the next day or a few things by the next day, which is often the pace, you're not afforded that time. So, you know, trying to, you know, put the dial back to zero quickly is really important. And, um, and I've done a lot of different, you know, things to experiment on how to do that. Like, um, I've brought back analog with my process a bit. I would have some monster clay, and if I couldn't figure out a helmet or an alien head, I would sculpt something crudely and the monster clay and I'll take photos of it with my phone and then paint over that. Just, you know, like I know a lot of people use Moto and, you know, ZBrush and stuff like that. But for me, I, I, I miss that analog and I know it's crude, but it, it is a good way for me to do something that isn't in my computer or, or marker sketches. I've done marker sketches for some of the keyframes I've done, you know, start with a really crappy marker sketch that I might not show anybody, but it's for me to like inform, you know, composition mm -hmm. and maybe the lighting and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because what has helped me is having a foundation of a process that I can rely on that I feel confident in and and also how I gather reference is very important because Star Wars is interesting. It's a very specific franchise visually, and there's a lot of real estate there, but there also isn't, you know, if that makes sense, because it's sort of in a nice, it's right in the middle of fantasy and science fiction. And if you push it too far in either direction, it kind of breaks. And, um, and the more I work, within that you know that sandbox i think it gets harder <laughs> you think it would get easier but i'm finding that at least for me and my aesthetics 
the real estate feels like it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So how I gather reference has really helped me with that, where I, I'm, you know, a, a big fan of history and culture. And, um, and I do spend a lot of my time, you know, the concept time that I spend gathering references a lot, you know, sometimes hours out of my day, I'll just, you know, pull up old books or, you know, start researching, you know, like different, you know, new cultures or something or, or new fashion designers that I've never seen before. Something that, you know, kind of changes my mind about what I like or expands upon it. Um, and I think it's interesting, like the original Star Wars films did a really awesome job with the, the vehicles in particular, the, uh, the ships, they referenced things that you wouldn't expect, like Boba Fett's Slave One ship, for an example, or, or like lampposts in East Bay. There were this really interesting shape, and I think they just took some photos of those lampposts, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's the base of that ship, essentially, which is pretty cool. And I think it's that kind of thinking is like, you know, like, you know, finding inspiration in unlikely places can give you some really interesting, unique results. So that does help me sometimes is um, thinking about it a little bit differently. I mean, so my yeah, question yeah. was actually directly connected to that. I mean, <clears throat> uh, we had guests on who were saying that, I mean, the, the, the thing they like the most is blue sky like do do anything you like like uh, experiment with something completely different the world has never seen and that's where they find their most uh, creative fulfillment and and like you said star wars is in in many respects the church of wolf macquarie visually and I, i'm wondering how you feel about um, how, how, what your struggles are um, working in such a franchise where it's, I mean, it's just like, like, I don't know, something like, I don't know, Halo or whatever, which has an incredibly established style and, and language. And like you said, like, if you push it too much in either way, then it, it'll break. And, and the, the color palette, the feeling of it, like, and you keep on going back to Tatooine for this, this and that, right? And then you have to do certain things. And uh, not, 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 not to judge whether it's good or bad, but I mean, how do you... Like, do you, f do you feel that as a limitation? Do you feel that as a challenge, a bit of both, depending on how you feel? I don't know. So, um, yeah, just so that I understand the question, you're, like Ralph McQuarrie is, you know, Joe Johnson, <clears throat> Ralph McQuarrie, everyone yeah. that designed the original Star yeah. Wars is Bible, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, that's intimidating. And then it's also, you know, how, how far do you want to, like, pull away from that yeah. or what away from that so it doesn't feel like you're just ripping off your, your source material that you're paying homage respect yeah, yeah, yeah. respectfully but also doing something unique and, and new and yeah that that is a challenge isn't it right because i think um like i think what people like and it's interesting i think as you know the generations go on i i know fans that started with the prequels and the prequels are their favorites right, um, right, right. for me it's the originals you know yeah. i i mean that's what i grew up with empire is my, one of my favorite films of all time um I, I there's very few perfect films that i think um and i'm, I'm such a cinephile I, I love films but that one is like really perfect for me um just hits all the beats and looks beautiful and um just some of the best design and um and really yeah it's it's been very challenging to honor him and and the work that they've done joe johnson as well um but but do something new uh and and it's also working within the aesthetics of the filmmakers that you're working for as well because you know like in the case of john favreau and dave filoni they have their own vision that they want right. to bring and um and and honoring that and fortunately john <laughs> with the mandalorian you know i'm a huge sergio leone fan and uh that was also our bible mm -hmm. essentially so we were you know taking these up uh, you know these two elements essentially and combining them and in, in a way that was trying to pay homage and and respect to the original fan base so um mm -hmm. 
I mean, oh. within within like having within saying like yeah, Joe Johnson and Ralph McQuarrie and John Favreau and everybody, like where do you where do you feel Brian fits in? Like, do you do you remove yourself completely from the equation and saying like I'm just doing this like project so it looks like it fits into that world, or are you how much of yourself are you trying to put in? Because I mean, we can't help but putting part of ourselves into it. But like, where do you? Like, how, how do you see that? Like, where does Brian have to have to add to the mix, right? So to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, I think like we can't help but have things that we like, you know, <clears throat> like I think what makes us artists are a collection of our interests and our life experiences. So, I mean, for me, I have my own taste and my own aesthetic. And I think. I can't help but put that in the work that I do. Um, but at the same time, like I really like being a designer and I like designing within, you know, a certain, you know, like I would say um, <laughs> constraints that, you know, feel appropriate, like not, not too much or, or not too loose is where I really like to work within because I kind of understand the guidelines. I understand the mechanics. I understand where, where my, you know, my own personal taste can can come alive and i've i've felt that star wars like feels the most natural for me and my aesthetics of any of the projects i've worked on mm. thus far in my career um i've i really like you know the the dune like sort of dirty grungy you know fantasy science fiction it's not too hard sci-fi I feel like if I have to think a lot about how something works, then I never get a drawing done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I can be like, ah, it's Star Wars magic. That's why, it, you know, that's why that thing exists, you know. And then I think that's why Star Wars works so well is a lot of the lore that now is canon, I think the fans made up, you mm -hmm. know. Um, you can read, I think, like three wiki pages on everything that makes up Vader's costume. And I'm pretty sure, you know, fans, you know, just started adding to that for like, you know, over the course of 40 years. But um, but yeah, I, I think like there's every every assignment is a little bit different. And I think there are opportunities and there there are more than I expected where I feel like there are characters that I feel like that are a little bit of me in there mm -hmm. or a lot of me in there. Um, and I think there are also characters where I was really hard referencing McCory mm. that, you know, were a little out of my comfort zone. Like for example, I've done a lot of droids and a lot of hard surface stuff. I felt like I wasn't very good at going in, into, you know, into working for Lucasfilm and I've gotten more proficient at it just from really studying you know, their shape language, their ratios. Um, and a lot of that, I think, harkens back to a lot of the foundations studies that I did in college, where it's, you know, like your dominus, abdominus, subordinate forms, you know, big, medium, small, and how you arrange those in, in pleasing ways. And I always feel like I can get better at that because um, because I think that's really at, at the core of Star Wars is, is that really identifiable shape language. I think if you can put one of your characters on a hill in the distance and if you can identify who that character is, then it's successful. It should hold up from distance as it does up close and a kid should be able to draw it, mm. you know, so. Yeah, does that answer your question? No, yeah, of? perfectly, or... perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's really great okay, to hear. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, cool. Do you have something, Emmanuel? You look like you... No, I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had... Keep going. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, let me, let me think... Um, I mean, with all this stuff, and you, you seem to be like juggling so many professional projects uh, within, within, within Star Wars or maybe also uh, outside, but I mean, do you do personal art? I mean, beside the bouldering and beside the Star Wars drawing, do you, do you have time to feel, do you feel like you need to do personal art? Um, when, I'm, when I'm not working, I don't want to be working. And I think a lot of the, because I, I think a lot of people would gasp at that, that, you know, personal art shouldn't feel like work, <laughs> you know. But um, I think what it is, is for me, um, 
I I'm a fidgety. I, you could probably tell I'm moving around a lot. I <laughs> I don't like sitting still for too long, and yet that's required of me. Um, so for me, I I have a lot of other interests, and I have things that I want to learn that I'm not good at, and that's kind of where I want to spend my time when I'm not working. But I do, I mean, to answer your question, there are projects that I want to do. Um, before I started working for Lucasfilm, I wanted to explore a, a, a short film where I actually started making props and, um, and costumes for it. And then I got a few quotes for, you know, some, some assets. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll wait until I have some more, you know, disposable income <laughs> to, to really go, go into it. But I would like to maybe explore you know maybe the the filmmaking on the other side of the curtain um so yeah i i'm not currently but i have so many other uh hobbies at the moment that um <laughs> i I'm, what are I'm, they what are the hobbies um well let's see I, I well the climbing wall is um that was really a fun I, I, I'm not a woodworker. I, I've never made really anything with wood. And um, last year I got this crazy idea of building a 12-foot bouldering wall, and I, I did it in SketchUp. And uh, my dad uh, has a background in uh, structural, you know, essentially structural engineering. He did forming and shoring for a company, so he understands how, like, like how to make a structurally sound thing which is you know this has to be structurally sound because i'm gonna be like throwing myself around on it. i don't want it to crush me <laughs> so uh i i showed him the sketchup model i taught my dad sketchup and uh you know made everything to scale and uh he helped you know essentially design the thing and uh know exactly all of the you know the pieces that would be required and um, I got some friends to come over last year and, you know, put the thing together, which took a weekend. And uh, and that was really fun. And I think that's that's one of those. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing where you you can learn something. And this was sort of like, uh, what if I did that? And then, you know, I actually followed through with doing it where I had no idea and it took me about four months, I think, from, you know, conception to getting the materials to actually assembling it and completing it. But um, I had no idea what I was doing, but I learned and I also had, you know, my dad being essentially my instructor, my, my boss, you know, helping me um, remotely, you know, put, put it all together. And that was, that was really fun. So, I, yeah, I really like that. Um, I, I like classic cars, so that one that one's interesting. Um, Emmanuel, I know you've um, you've raced before. That's something I would like to get into, but I also am really nervous of taking you know a fifty. You got a Z, car. right? You got what do you have a two forty or something? Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. a a seventy one two forty Z, but it's track prep, so it's it's ready to go. I just I'm too nervous to do it. <laughs> yeah, those things are really, really, really uh, hard to drive. They can be very difficult. So <laughs> I may, maybe just take it really easy. <laughs> if yeah, you do go. I mean, it's, it's got no assist, right? So, no. I mean, I do take it up to the canyons, and I, I do spirited runs in the canyons, but, you know, I, I respect all the laws. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I do try and push it to the limits, but I would like to do that on the track. So that's, a, that's okay. another you know, potential hobby on the way. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of artists, they need, they need some other outlet outside of their, their work. And if it's not, if their work isn't giving them the, um, if, if that's not like giving what their core essence as an artist needs, then they need something else or something removed from the industry entirely. Um, to do it for themselves and not show it to anyone else or, or whatever it may be. Um, I think it's very healthy. And and for me, I, I, I've never been too much of a person that does personal work. Um, but I see like the work that you guys do. And I'm like, man, uh, maybe I should find some time to do that because uh, there's there's so much inspirational stuff out there. And um, and and I think it could be therapeutic. But at the moment, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I, but I think a lot of people are, are 
you know, they, they get to the weekend and they're like, look, I'm done. I need yeah. to step away. Um, and, and I know what that's like, uh, because I, you know, I haven't had a weekend in a while, but, uh, but it's not healthy. It's not good. Um, and I think everybody needs to step away at some point and, and fine. But I mean, I, I have my own things, but, um, it's good to hear that, that you do do that, uh, because I think it's, it's important for a lot of people to see what other people do, um, and how it can maybe help them, um, get through, uh, sometimes when they're just, you know, a little bit burned out, you know, and what do you do to recharge your batteries? Everybody has their way, I guess. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's different for everybody. Right. I mean, Jan, do you do, do you do anything special? Me? Anything special? You don't do much personal I, work anyway now. <laughs> I have I have no choice. Um, <clears throat> I'm being, uh, how to say, I'm being forced by my kids to, to do something else, uh, more or less, um, to be honest. No, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't touch anything on the weekend um, at all. It's just all really family time. Um, and, and I really need that to, I mean, even though I, I have that feeling of like, um, like oh, I really I really want to do something else like oh, I if I if I just used that weekend I could I could get so much more done but <clears throat> excuse me but I think if if I would use that weekend with, with just work then I I don't know I'd, I'd probably burn out really quickly and um, right. <clears throat> I mean the, the kids are also growing up so there's there's gonna be a bit of uh how to say like reclaiming reclaiming some of that time um, in, in the future. And I, I just hope I have, I have, uh, some energy left. So, I mean, um, and you also need to spend time on, on staying, staying healthy, staying fit. Right. So, um, it's, it's just, important too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, there's so much more to life for me personally. I think there's so much more to life than just art. Mm. And there's, you know, like, and as I'm growing older, it's like, but I, I want to do so many different things. Like, and I think about, you know, different life paths as well. Like, you know, I look at these bespoke uh, mechanics and stuff, like doing these amazing like works of art with vehicles. And I was like, hey, that could be cool. You know, what if I did that? But, you know, you only have so much time in the day. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. True. And for everything yeah. you want to focus on, you need to you need to. Well, you need to forget about the 10 other things you want to do. You can't read every book you want to do. You can't learn every language. You can't like. In, in the end of the day, it's like really like what do you what do you choose to do, right? If you if you really jump into like if you want to do your short film, then you probably won't have time for I don't know cars or kids or wife or whatever, right? So and and it's really it's hard. It's hard though. I think it's it's one of the realizations when you grow older that you just can't do everything. When you're 20, you feel like you can do like like oh I'll I'll get to that when I'm 30, right? And then suddenly suddenly you are 30 and you're like, shit, what have I done the last 10 years? Um, but that's fine. That's, yeah, that's fine. Right. That's, 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 that's interesting because I, I, I remember when I was young, you know, when I was in my twenties, I actually didn't even have any like, well, I'm going to do that or do that. I oh, was just neither. like, well, I'm just going to party today. Yeah. I was drunk. Yeah. Most like most I actually was living more in the moment when I was in the twenties right? <laughs> because yeah. I was actually living yeah. in the moment. I was like, yeah. where are we going tonight? Right. <laughs> and now I'm going, what am I going to be doing in 10 years? How am I going to afford this thing and that thing and all this? And then ultimately in the end, it's like kind of would like to go back to just let's have some fun today. Yeah. I feel like when I'm in front of the computer, I'm doing a lot of thinking and there's none of that unless I'm really going into some work and I'm losing myself and it's, you know, the groove period of doing art. But I feel like that's maybe two hours out of my day mm. when I'm really in that in that groove period. But everything else is like thinking about, oh, well, yeah, oh, I yeah. have to do my taxes, you know? Oh, <laughs> You're thinking of all those other things that you have to do, which I still have to do. Um, but that's why I want to go outside and I need something else. I really like climbing because it forces you to be in the moment. Mm. You can't be thinking about anything else if you're, you know, a couple hundred feet off the ground, right? So, um I like those things. I like hiking and I, I like trying to find a way to center yourself again. And, and to, yeah, like you said, be present is, is very important. Um, because yeah, I feel like I, it's, it's so easy to get lost in my own head. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I know what that feels like, um, for sure. 
Anything else, Jan? No, I think we maybe. I saw you. Maybe we'll 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 touch on on um, maybe the last topic for 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 right. this interview. Mm -hmm. um, and um, there was something you touched on, Brian, in, in in a previous email conversation that we had about the importance and the challenges of searching for new iconography as a designer. Maybe we can we can touch a little bit on 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 that. Um, in that regard, do you wanna do you wanna mention something? Oh, sorry, me or yeah, you, you, of course, of course, of course. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah. It looks like you're looking over at him, yeah. and I forget. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading part of the email <laughs> just to make sure I get, I get the, I get it right. Until the end of the interview, now I'm like, huh? What? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I think we already touched a little bit on it um, when we were talking about, um, yeah, just um, how how to leave your own mark or, or put yourself into a pro like into a project that isn't really yours is, um, is, is important to see if, especially if you're afforded that opportunity, if you have, if you have a project that kind of fits your interests and you're given assignments or, or a, you know, like a resonance within that project to actually give a little bit of yourself, like, you know, I think we touched a little bit about like how how do you handle that? You know, um, how do you like <laughs> like battle anxiety if that's you know within you know something that you might you know deal with? Um, like it's it's interesting. I think like iconography is something that like as I kind of progressed in my career that um, you know up to a point where it's like i'm chasing jobs like i want to work on this project or i want to work for this company and um i i feel like those are fleeting like that's a fleeting feeling you can work on you know that that project or for that company but it might it might not exactly be what you you know like thought it would be mm. um i think that can often be the case for artists you know once once they get what they thought they wanted so i think like at our core, we all like image making, we like storytelling, or we, you know, if we're going into concept art or concept design, whatever, you know, you want to call it, um, you understand that you're, you know, you're problem solvers, and you're wanting to contribute as a team player to something bigger than yourself. But, but we're also afforded a lot of we we can have a lot of power at the same time with our images and um it's one of those great things where you can do your images and you know if it doesn't turn out well then you be like oh well that you know that's that's whoever's fault and, and if you if it turns out great you're like oh yeah that, i designed that you know um it's it's one of those things where i think you can figure out where you fit and how to give a little bit of yourself so that maybe you can create something that transcends just the images you create. And I think that's, that's what I'm searching for personally. Um, I, I really want to create things that might have their own fan base or you know, I, I might be proud of, people might wanna dress up as. I mean, that to me is really cool when it has some like cultural resonance where people love them so much that they'll, you know, they'll celebrate it in their own way or, or interpret it in their own way. I think that's, that's really kind of, for me, the, the thing that I, that I want and that I, um, I feel like I've, I've gotten a, a little bit of, but, um, but for me, I would really like to even, you know, be more involved in that other process. I think that would require me to be in LA, but, you know, maybe work with the armors, maybe even paint some scratches on some helmets they did. I mean, that, that sort of thing, I always was impressed by George Johnson, especially with Boba Fett. If we talk about Boba Fett, I mean, he contributed concept designs for Boba Fett, but then he was the one that was helping paint his armor as well and was very actively in the process of seeing his creation that him and Ralph design through to the final result. I mean, that, that it, to me is really cool where you're helping evolve your creations in two dimension to three dimension in a way that, um, 
that is rarely afforded. I think that's that's where I want to go. And um, and I think and that's just for characters. But I think iconography can be anything. It's any like, you know, with environments or, or architecture or, you know, props and vehicles. I mean, vehicles is a great example where, you know, like things that are iconic, you know, stand the test of time. And um, I think that for all of us designers, that's something that we can all aspire to, to, you know, try and contribute, you know, to the world. No, yeah, that's that's that's, that's <laughs> great. Uh, I, I actually, because um, you know, I'm also looking back at the email, but I, I also, you know, when I wrote to you about, you know, maybe talking about mentorships, uh, because I, you know, I, I, I think that those are. Uh, it's like this big mystery uh, that a lot of people, you know, they hear the word mentorship and they go, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get a mentor. I'm going to do this or that. And, and I, I, you know, from, from what you wrote, you know, I think, I think there is something uh, in terms of like, how do you feel about it? You've mentored some people and, you know, I'm sure when you were at IMD, you kind of, you know, you were trying <laughs> to kind of be this mentee to Durham, but it, I think you guys actually became friends more than a mentor or mentee, but um, you want to just touch on like sort of, you know, what you feel about mentorships or, or maybe you've mentored some people and, and more of some of the tips you can give for people to, to either find a mentor or make that mentorship work better. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to remember back to your, your podcast on this topic. So I don't just, you know, kind of regurgitate. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's, you did. it's what, it's whatever you think, because I, I think that everybody has a different point of view. And I think it's really great for people who are actually actively mentoring people that it's not just me and Jan uh, to, to talk about it. And it doesn't matter if it's the same information. So go for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I mean, initially, I think like when, you know, there's there's a certain professional practice. I think if, if I was going to give advice to people that are seeking, you know, mentorships from professionals, I think there's a there's a there's a a right way and a wrong way to do it in a lot of ways. Um, I think like like at least personally for me, I don't pay attention to Instagram DMs, and if if I do, it's people that take a little extra effort and and writing something. But um, but for me, at least with the the mentees that I've taken on, they they wrote me emails like old school emails, and I was very impressed with that because I don't really see that very often. And it, it, they took a little bit of an extra step and they did research and they came with what they wanted and, you know, what, what they even were, you know, like seeking me out to help them with, which um, was interesting because I've never, um, at that time when I took on my first mentee, I was not considering going into education. I was actually really busy with work and um, I just, I wasn't. I wasn't really seeking that out. And um, I'm so glad that I did because I think you learn so much as, as an educator just as much as, um, as a mentee because um, for me it was like communicating the principles that I know how to visually communicate but verbally and, um, and in a way that's very efficient so that they, you know, it can be you know, sort of easily digested and then you help them grow. And uh, it's it's incredibly rewarding, and um, and uh, I, I hope uh, Ben doesn't uh, mind me uh, calling him out, but Ben Carr, he um, he uh, is now working at Blizzard, so he was my first mentee, and uh, man, that he he's an impressive human and artist because um, he was very he was very specific what he wanted, and um, and I think and I. Th if you're going to be seeking out a professional for for a mentorship to be a professional, I think you need to have an idea what you really want. And um, I think I think that's like maybe the advice that I would give is um, is you know know what you want and also take a little bit of the extra effort to write a professional um, because. Um, 
you know, writing a line on Instagram when you're maybe on the John might not be the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are looking at Instagram when they're on the toilet. So <laughs> that's yeah. when you have the best ideas. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. Jan, did you have anything? Um, I was, I was, um, maybe not into the mentorship, but maybe the iconography. I was wondering, I mean, it's it's interesting that um i mean you do you see yourself like um or do you have ideas about developing your own stuff you completely own i don't know ip or stuff you want to pitch or just something like i don't know it seems like now now more than ever is the time to like do your own thing or start your own thing start your own business like uh, like how to say like uh, like uh, a pitch an idea to some studio i don't know like it seems to be there's a lot of the get up and do your thing kind of like you can get you can get your own character model toys printed in china and i i don't know wherever right so is there like do you do would you consider yourself like having like a strong entrepreneurial spirit of wanting to do that i don't know maybe you want to maybe you have plans to open your own bouldering home gym company together with your dad and your friends so that everybody can have their own bouldering gym at home in their backyard i don't know um, <laughs> any uh, kind of plans like that or um you just gave me that idea thanks a lot i think i'll hey i'll, I'll that. commission you again. <laughs> I'll give you a, what, what's your cut? I'll give you a little bit. <laughs> um, not really. Uh, well, yes and no. I, it, it intimidates me right now just because oh, yeah. I, I am working so hard that mm -hmm. I know the effort that it takes to, to do it mm -hmm. and to do it right. Because I think like, you know, all of us, you know, we enjoy it. We want to give something to the world. We have something that we might want to say. And, um, And if you're getting an opportunity, it's so easy for you to like get lost in the perfection that you're trying to mm. trying to go for. And, you know, there's beauty in the imperfection. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. And it will never be perfect. So if I was to to, you know, pursue something, even if it's a short film, for an example, I probably won't do my idea that I really want to do right away. I would pick something else. Mm. to learn grow mm. and then maybe go for it later but that takes time and and that definitely mm. takes you know uh, a, a bit of a, a financial um oh yeah. yeah it's definitely there's a there's a bit of a, a financial commitment that you have to do and we'll call it right, an investment yeah yes it is it is a <laughs> investment i would say um in the long term i would definitely really like to do that mm. in the short term i would like to buy a house <laughs> so That parties that's is, good uh is in the in the forefront so uh yeah no, that makes perfect sense it's just uh, <laughs> just really interesting um because yeah i think us working on these really big movies is kind of a curse in a sense that like oh like whenever i do something if i do my own stuff it has to look at least as good as that which of course is completely completely nonsense because we just don't have the thing but i i mean the only the only reasonable way i guess that that in the short term or, me, or even midterm that you would have the control maybe you want over like ex like designing your own stuff and then actually executing it and putting the the, the 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 scuff marks on your helmet design or whatever the real prop is probably gonna ha only happen when you really take matters in your own hands i guess right otherwise i mean in, in hollywood everything is too like every, everybody's time is too precious everybody's job is very like focused on one thing and then like oh like you can't do this now because i need you to do 20 other designs by tomorrow right so um i know i have my own projects that i want to do and it's like um something's got to give right you have to like you said like do, do do this one first learn the ropes and then get back to the the big thing you want to do a bit later when you when you actually know what you're talking about right yeah so nice. that's that's very true that's very true so quick question here. I, are you going to stay in the Bay Area now that, you know, the pandemic has shown that well, you don't need to go into to ILM or anything like that? And you do want to get a house. And I, I know in the Bay is insane. Are, are you planning to stay put or what's your plans? Yeah, my, my wife and I, we've been, you know, discussing that because um, we love, love. I mean, I've lived in Marin for 
like over 12 years now yeah, i think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe longer maybe 14 it's something crazy but i've been here for a while so i i do feel like it's home but in in the same respect yeah i'm just seeing that the house the house prices are just going crazy you know this year they just shot up and uh we've already you know been talking to agents and they're you know <laughs> they're getting offers 15 20 percent over the asking price which is wow. ridiculous often so yeah. um yeah i i mean we would like to but we're definitely keeping options open just because of how insane prices are so yeah. well good luck on going getting the house because you know <laughs> I, I guess before jan you know asked i was going to ask what you know sort of what is what is the next step for you what is the, the you know but i guess you know you've already <laughs> answered that a house <laughs> which is you know which is which is a, not a small thing. I mean, it's 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 part of, uh, I think, getting that um, stable future uh, that everybody wants to have. You know, uh, and, and that's totally understandable. So, no, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> already answered my question. Good luck there. with that. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, yeah. Okay. Maybe you have to go back to North Carolina. I don't know if that's in the books. <laughs> Hey, I, it's not I, much I cheaper there now. Oh, really? North oh Carolina is okay. not cheap now either. Everybody, because everybody's going there. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. I have to sell some FTs. Yeah, you better get on <laughs> oh. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I thought we were going to get one episode without having those three <laughs> letters come up. Okay, I'll, I'll edit it out, okay? I will cut it out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I mean, was there anything else you wanted to ask, Emmanuel? Or oh, I'm good. Do you have anything, anything you else? want to touch on? Yeah, Brian? Brian. Anything else you want to give people on the way? I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I I think you guys um, asked some great questions and covered a lot of bases. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, it's great. Then I think. Um, uh, well, we assume you're still working on Mandalorian season. What is it now? Three. And so I think we have to we have to wait until the credits of the episodes to see some new work. Or maybe maybe the May fourth uh, event will bring some the the Star Wars celebration will bring some new sneak peeks of Brian's work, which we're all looking forward to. Um, if you didn't already have enough in the in the awesome slideshow in our background here, there was a lot of good stuff in there. So I mean, uh, thank you so much, Brian, for for taking the time to to talk to us. I know it's it's late over there. Um, so and I hope everybody uh, in the audience really enjoyed this episode. So if you did, then please like, comment, and subscribe. And um, we'll put links to Brian's portfolio and any kind of social media site uh, in the description. So um, thanks so much again for tuning in, and see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>